All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey. Live every weekday at noon Eastern. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live. Today is Tuesday, December 19th, and as always, we are streaming live on the DFO at YouTube. The show is brought to you by Botano, and before we get into things, let me take a second to tell you about the Botano Holiday Prize Pool. It's a live online trivia game show, and it's one of the many ways Botano is celebrating the holidays. It's their biggest prize pool yet at $2,000. Things get going Saturday, December 23rd. It's a 9 p.m. draw, and here's the best part. No deposit required. All you need is an account at patano.ca. The game starts now with Patano 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Frank Saravalli sitting here, not rocking any Eagles gear. I had to slide one chirp in there. Just get one in. Hey, deserved. Uh, when you can't get a stop, when you throw two absolutely asinine picks uh, and you are limping towards the playoffs after a 10-1 and one start, you deserve everything you get. Yeah, speaking of limping, Frank, that's exactly what the Ottawa Senators have been doing so far this year. So I'm never one to pass up a good segue. Let's get into the news of yesterday. It happened not that long after our show ended, just a few hours later. DJ Smith is out in Ottawa, and our friends at Coming In Hot covered this like a blanket yesterday, and they had this. It's the, where the Senators finished in the standings under DJ Smith. He took over the job in the 2019-2020 season, and they missed the playoffs in all four seasons, Frank, and weren't even really close in any of them. Everything I've been reading over the last sort of 24 hours now has been saying, you know, DJ Smith, he's a good guy. No one's saying he's not, but it was clearly time for a change in Ottawa. Yeah, and that's been maybe one of the more surprising parts of this, which I, I, I saw the story that you were referencing today from Ian Mendez. Great job humanizing it, but 
No one's ever said DJ Smith is a bad person or question his character. It's just that these results speak for themselves. Over five seasons and four full ones, when you include some of the pandemic-related uh, uh, shortened seasons, it's four complete seasons. That's a pretty good run. Um, not that many coaches in the NHL get that type of runway. And more than that, I, I understand where the Sens were coming from in the sense that they didn't want to be that ownership and management group that throws everyone out on the street as soon as they take over. They wanted some stability. The players asked for that. That was the key buzzword, stability. But I think when you let it go on this long and the chants are echoing through your building, fire DJ, and the results are what they are, like there have been some bright moments this season, even in defeat. Like I watched that game last week against the Dallas Stars start to finish. And I was saying, man, this Sens team, they're really close. But that that doesn't count. It only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. Um, you need results. You can't continue to be last in your division, 29th in the NHL over the entire tenure for DJ Smith, and then expect that at some point you're going to turn the corner and make the playoffs. I think the biggest thing for me is you've gotten this far down the road. You didn't want to pull the trigger. Now you've done it at a point when you might have cut the legs off of your season already by not doing it five weeks ago before the Sens went to the Global Series, at which point they had a much better chance to turn things around and actually make something of this season. It almost feels now like too little too late. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm at too. I'm always one who advocates for the coach who brings you through the rebuild should always get a fair shot to take you out of it and see sort of the fruit of their labor in a way. But this went on for too long. Again, this Senators team is supposed to have been coming out of a rebuild now for, what, three seasons? And you look at the team on paper and go, this isn't a bad hockey team. And you look at them on the ice, and like we talked about yesterday, Frank, they compete. They go hard. They've had a lot of fireworks in some of these games. So then you just kind of go, okay, well, then what's the problem? Because if it's not the compete level and it's not the roster on paper, then it's got to be something with the system. It's got to be something in that room I think at a coaching level. So do you think the senators have what it takes to turn this thing around? To turn it around this year? No, I think the math is too far gone. I think it's the odds are completely stacked against them. The one thing they have going for them is that the East is rather soft this year and that there is a chance to claw back. But I, I look at some other teams that have had mostly disappointing starts to this year, um, including Carolina, including you know, look at some of the other teams in that mix, the New Jersey Devils. Um, I'd expect those teams to get their act together that are right, you know, sort of near the playoff line or over it, as opposed to a team like Ottawa from coming completely from behind. I realize they have games in hand here, but for me, I, I think it's too late. I, I do see this core. I'm a huge believer in this core. I think they've got some really great pieces from Tim Stutzla and Brady Kachuk to, you know, looking at their back end, Jake Sanderson and Jacob Chikrin. And, and I, I've been a big JBD fan going back to North Dakota. Like, I think they've got a lot of really good things going that they need some help, especially in their bottom six. I mean, look at that bottom six. I know that they've been ravaged by some injuries of late, but that bottom six is certainly in the bottom five of the league in terms of depth. They've got positional boxes checked, but they need more help. 
Yeah, and, and I think I would tend to agree with you on that. So if you don't think they can turn it around this year, what do you make of Jacques Martin returning behind the bench in Ottawa? It's going to be the first time he'll be a head coach at the NHL level since the 2011-2012 season with Montreal. Of course, he was the Senators' head coach back from the 95 season to the 04 season as well. Again, was listening to Coming In Hot yesterday, and they talked about how he's a defensive-minded coach, and that might be exactly what this team needs right now. They're bottom third in the league in scoring chances against per 60 at five on five. They've allowed the seventh most goals per 60 at five on five. Like this is a team that probably does need a good or better defensive structure. Yeah, I think the attention to detail that he's going to provide is is much needed. I think the defensive zone structure and support is going to be critically important. But I have some real question marks about Jacques Martin and his time not just since he was a head coach last in this league, but he also hasn't been on an NHL bench at all in like four years. And he had a long run there with the Pittsburgh Penguins where they won two Stanley Cups. Um, But it's really kind of come in fits and starts. And he's also 71 years old. He steps in as immediately the oldest coach in the NHL. And I view him really just as a sort of stopgap solution, a temporary right the ship, keep things steady between now and then my question is for an Ottawa senators front office that doesn't really seem to be super aggressive on any front, whether it comes to making trades, hiring a general manager. Now, how aggressive will they be in terms of bringing in that next head coach? Will it happen sooner rather than later? Will Jacques Martin finish the season? I think there's a lot of things kind of still left to be answered at this point that we haven't really gotten yet. Yeah, Daniel Alfredson also going to be sliding behind the bench in Ottawa. So if you want to talk about culture and all of those things, we saw Alfredson start to make appearances a little bit more regularly around this team during their trip to Sweden. So he'll be joining Jacques Martin behind the bench as well. And we'll see. I mean, Ottawa, we showed the the standings, Frank. They have a ton of games in hand. So if you want to try be optimistic about them going forward, but games in hand yeah. are only worth anything if you win them then they've only got a couple in hand on the teams that are actually in playoff spots. And that's why I think it's a long shot for them to get back in the mix this year. The Ottawa Senators in action tonight against the Arizona Coyotes. Frank, let's talk a little bit about what we saw on the ice last night in the NHL and nothing created more buzz. Well, aside from the DJ Smith thing, then Marc-Andre Fleury not getting the start for the Minnesota Wild in their return to Pittsburgh and what could possibly be Fleury's last trip to the place where he won his Stanley Cups. I, I was honestly mind blown about this whole thing. And I get that. OK, Philip Gustafson's been the better goalie lately. You want to go with the hot hand. But Frank, the, the wild play again tonight. This is a back to back set. You had to play Flurry in one of them. Why not just give him his homecoming? No, I totally disagree with you. First off, Philip Gustafson has been on fire. You always start the better goaltender while your team is more fresh on the first end of back-to-backs. Marc-Andre Fleury's numbers against the Penguins' career have not been very good. I think there's a lot of emotion involved, and I'll take it one step further. I don't think Marc-Andre Fleury is done playing after this year. I will be absolutely floored if that's the case. So when you mash all those things together, to me, I saw John Hines getting ridiculed on social media as someone that doesn't have a pulse on the situation. That's insane. I think he got it dead right 
And I think moving forward, you know, even if you see Marc-Andre Fleury in the game tonight, which is likely on the back-to-back, I think the same move should be made 100 times out of 100. They're in the business of winning hockey games, not in the business of making everyone feel good. And as much as Marc-Andre Fleury, I think, was disappointed, you could tell he can't hide it. He doesn't have that ability when answering the question uh, if he's disappointed, sort of a long pause and then a smile. Um, You know, he's the best teammate going. He's a guy that everyone around the NHL likes and wants to see. And certainly fans in Pittsburgh were paying to see Marc-Andre Fleury and chanting, especially after Gustafson gave up three to start the game. We want Fleury. Nonetheless, I don't think John Hines deserves any blame here. I just just look at it as a chance to not have the storyline even become a thing. And again, you're playing a really good Boston Bruins team tonight. Like, if you want to get all four points, I, I I say buck the trend of playing your better goalie in the first game. Play your better goalie in the game. You're probably going to need him to steal you one tonight in Boston. No, I think you try and bank the two points while you can with your best goalie and then roll the dice in the second game, regardless of how, you know, who the opponent is. Just quickly, you mentioned the crowd chanting as Gustafson gave up three goals right off, not right off the bat, but the first three goals of that hockey game. Pittsburgh barely held on there, Frank. If if they would have blown that one, I mean, again, we talked about this yesterday. I don't know what they do. I don't know what kind of changes they would have made, but man, that would have been disappointing. By the way, Flower also up to his old tricks, sneaking into the Penguins locker room as their social media account tweeted and uh, switching the helmet for Chris Letang apparently would have been a fine had he gone on the ice wearing the wrong helmet for warm-up. So uh, Flower is doing what he does best classic Mark andre Fleury antics. Uh, last night in the league, we also saw the Anaheim Ducks squeak out a victory over the Detroit Red Wings. A couple of things to get to here, but first, Frank, Billy Huso goes down for the Detroit Red Wings. They have now suffered a couple of significant injuries with Alex Lyon out week to week. Um, you've said a hundred times it's a three-goalie league, and this is a perfect example of why you don't just go trade James Reimer for a sixth-round pick when the first team calls, right? Well, yeah, I think he's also a pretty quality netminder in this league who's had really consistent numbers for a long time. James Reimer out here kicking a 9-11 this season. Um, it's He's only had one season in his career, sub-900, and that was last year. And so the Red Wings kind of plucked him off the scrap heap, signed him to a one-year deal uh, after really not knowing what to expect from Billy Huso this season. Alex Lyon took the ball and ran with it the last few weeks. Lyon's hurt. Huso's hurt. I mean, they're kind of in a tough spot now, but this is exactly why you carry three goalies as uncomfortable as it is at times. I'm perfectly cool with uh, the Red Wings and what they've done, and I think they're going to be in a pretty solid position moving forward to move one of those guys as we get closer to the deadline if they're not in the mix. Their spot in the standings not quite as solid, though, is basically, and I mean, I'm not saying this is the reason or anything, but since Patrick Kane came over, Frank, the Red Wings have really, really struggled. One, five, and one in that stretch. And what's even uglier than that record is some of the teams they've been losing to. They have a loss to Ottawa in there, the San Jose Sharks, and now the Anaheim Ducks as well. Are you a little bit worried about this rush back to, to mediocrity in New York, in Detroit? Well, to be completely fair, I've and if you've been watching the show frequently or even casually, I haven't really been a big believer in the Red Wings this season much at all. I thought Patrick Kane would help solidify things. He's now played seven games. Um, the Wings, of course, their record in those games not pretty. He's got four points 
as a total aside, Patrick Kane has played a lot better uh, with each game. You can start to see it coming. And Mike Kelly from Sport Logic had a great uh, little graphic about Patrick Kane and his game and how it's progressing. You can see he's getting more comfortable each game. The ozone possession time is up pretty significantly. He's playing more with the puck on his stick. And each game, he's creating and making more slot passes. So that part has been really interesting to watch from Kane's perspective as he sort of gets to get gets it together, has four points in seven games. But as a whole, I think the, the Red Wings consider some of the pieces that they've been missing. They finally get Dylan Larkin back. He was out for a while. They haven't really had their full complement of players. So I think over this last little bit, this run that has sort of coincided with a, a slide in the standings, probably not a fair and accurate judgment of where the Red Wings are overall. And so I'm going to reserve sort of making that judgment. Uh, give, give them a few weeks and, and let me know, A, who's in net, and B, what their lineup looks like before I judge. Well, and the other thing, too, it's the value of a hot start in today's NHL because even though they've gone through this slide, you look and they're just right on the playoff bubble still, right? And you look at teams who got off to a slow start or a little bit behind the eight ball. And even when they go rattle off six, seven wins in eight games, whatever it is, look at Minnesota and Edmonton out West. You do all that work in December or November. And if your October was bad, you're just, you're still almost in the same spot. You're just spinning your wheels. So the good thing for Detroit is that, hey, they're still 15, 12 and four. They're right in the thick of this thing. If you can come out of this slow start, have a nice little run where you go 7-3-0 and in a 10-game stretch, you're going to be right back in the playoff spot. Yeah, and, and do I think they can get there? I, you know, I'm not as convinced. I think what they would really need, the Red Wings would need help from the Flyers and Islanders. You would need the Devils and Hurricanes to take over those top two spots in the Metro and then really kind of open up that wild card position for the Red Wings to get in because – the Red Wings have been, or sorry, the Maple Leafs have been the hottest team in the league since November 10th, 10-1-4. and four. The Panthers have been great all season long despite their injuries, and the Bruins feels like they never lose. So I don't see those top three spots in the Atlantic changing. They're going to need some help in the wild card. Let's dig into some goalie situations around the league. Frank, get into our big segment for the day. It's the Blue Paint with Carter Hutton. The blue paint is delivered by DoorDash. You can make DoorDash your holiday hack this holiday season. And for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code NATION25. Dash that for the win this holiday season. Carter Hutton, the former NHL goaltender, joining us once again on the show. And Carter, we're going to hit on a few different situations around the league. But first, let's start out West where Cam Talbot continues to be one of the better stories in the NHL from a goaltending perspective. But with Phoenix Copley out of the lineup, do you think the Kings should be maybe getting a bit aggressive on the trade front here to give Talbot some support? Well, you know, I think having a guy like David Ridge there is going to help. You know, he's a guy that has NHL experience. He can get in there and, now you start thinking about how do you set him up for a playoff run, right? Cam's had good playoff success, right? He has a career. He's played in 33 games in the playoffs with a 921 save percentage, which is really good numbers, right? And you think the way that this LA team can play, is it going to be enough with just Cam? But my worry is 
down the stretch if he's got to play a ton of games and a ton of minutes to start to wear and tear, right? So there is that concern. And I think right now the factor is there's a lot of goalie issues across the league, right? And these teams that have three goalies and teams that have that, they're not just giving away for nothing, right? Frankie, you touched on that. Giving James Reimer up for a six-round pick, you look at now where his value just keeps going through the roof day by day as these injuries go on. And you, you look at Montreal with their three goalies. You look at Arizona with their guys. They're not going to give these guys up for nothing. So it's what do we do to get that? Is it going to be a rental player or do we try to find a guy with term? Yeah, I think part of the reason the Kings are, are out there actively looking, Carter, is I don't think they trust David Riddick. Uh, I think they saw enough from him in training camp to know that he might not be at an NHL level. Uh, so we'll see what happens on that front. That's why they've been out there. want to ask you about the uh, the New Jersey Devils on the other side of the country. Um, they're a team 27th this year in five-on-five save percentage. You know, Vitek Vanacek, Akira Schmid, great story last year in the playoffs with Schmid, but he hasn't really kind of been able to carry the load at a time when they give him an opportunity after Vanacek falters. Do they need help from the outside or can this duo get it done? You know, I, I think this is definitely a team that needs help, right? You even look at his numbers with 11 and five record with those stats is, is pretty impressive to see how Jersey can put pucks in the net. Where with Schmidt, he's so young, right? I get you get in the playoffs and he has that little bit of success, but it's kind of a bit of a blur sometimes in the playoffs, right? You're playing and you get in this state where all of a sudden now your expectations are a lot higher. You have all summer to sit on that, all training camp, and now you're expected to be good. And you don't really have that veteran presence to protect them, right? It's not like Vanasek is this big veteran that has a ton of games played either, right? So it's been tricky. And with a team like this that wants to win, with that Metro division being as tight as it, it is, you know, with the Flyers, they have a big matchup tonight against the Flyers. I think it's time for them to make the move because it might be a little too late if you wait too long in that division. So one thing I picked up on Carter in our previous conversations the last couple of weeks was it seemed like maybe that was something that you struggled with a bit yourself in your own career. You get thrown into the mix and you're kind of fine in the moment, but then taking that next step and being the guy that's asked to carry the ball on a daily basis, you feel like that wore on you a bit at times? For sure. I, I remember my first year, I struggled when Rene got hurt. Uh, I kind of got the keys to the castle and at, it was uh, Mrazik was with or Mazanik was with me. Sorry, uh, check younger goal. He had a bit of, of a career there, but all of a sudden I was the guy, right? I wasn't protected by Rene. I didn't have that. You know, I was going to get my one start and be fresh. And then same thing when I went to Buffalo, I found it was a lot trickier when I was playing three games a week instead of one per week, right? Just the way you managed your fitness and your levels. When I was used to competing and practice so hard, now I had to find a different way to manage it. And I think for some of these younger goalies, when you lose that protection and all of a sudden you are the guy that's answering the bell every night, it's a little bit different where... When you're the backup, you know, if you can roll around 500, everybody's happy with you, right? You're finding a way to keep the team in it. But once you start being the big money guy and the guy that's getting all those minutes, <clears throat> the pressure changes a lot. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. 
Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's kind of the situation in Edmonton where when they signed Jack Campbell, it was like, okay, Stuart Skinner's going to be able to just be a 1B, a backup for a couple of seasons and grow into his role as a starter. We know that's not the case. Stuart Skinner was given the number one role last year. He's back to being the guy this season. But of course, with Campbell down in the minors, the Oilers obviously expected to be active on the trade front. Carter, when you look at Skinner in Edmonton and what they could look to add to that crease, do they need to go find like a 1A guy that can truly split the time with Stuart Skinner? Or do you think he's a guy capable of playing, you know, 50 to 55 games in a year and they just need a quality backup? Which of those two options do you think is better for the Oilers? I think the option is uh, find a guy that's serviceable that can protect him, right? I just find with Stewart, even last year, I found he got burnt out a little bit down the stretch because of Jack's. He was just every time Jack got in, it was you never knew what you're getting, right? Where I found the same combo when I was with Linus. The plan was for me to play 50 games, then to split, then to go down to like 30, just to kind of get him ready to go. Where all of a sudden, Stewart Skinner right away is thrown into this market where they're trying to win right now, and all of a sudden, he is the guy. So I think. Better late than never with Edmonton trying to find a goalie because my concern is his sustainability playing every single night as we get down to the stretch. And and you know the way that they're winning hockey games right now and they've been playing well. Can he continue doing that down the stretch if he's got to play, you know, nine out of ten games? Yeah, totally fair. We'll see. Uh, the trade freeze goes into effect in about well, 12 to 14 hours here coming up in the NHL. So not sure if anyone's going to be able to get something done then. But plenty of teams will be looking for goalie help coming out of that trade freeze. Carter, fantastic stuff as always. Thanks for doing this. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Moving along to our daily face-off inbox question, Frank, and the coaching Grim Reaper has been knocking on a lot of doors so far this season. So the question we got in, is he finally done knocking on doors? Do you think we've seen our last coaching change of the year? I'm not entirely sure yet. Um, the DJ Smith one, I think, certainly kind of takes the temperature down a little bit on the coaching carousel. Um, the one team that I have my eye on, though, and the, they are 7-3 and three in their last 10, but I mentioned this before, the idea of the losses that they've had uh, have been to some teams toward the bottom of the standings. They tend to play down to their competition. The New Jersey Devils. Uh, they get waxed by the Ducks last weekend. They gave the San Jose Sharks their first road win of the year. I think Lindy Ruff is moderately safe, but this is also a team that had like legitimate Stanley Cup aspirations this year, and we just touched on their goaltending and how that struggled. That would be the next team on my list if there were to be one because I, I don't really think there's anyone else. Think of all the coaching changes, how fresh everyone mostly still is. The fact that we have, what, six guys left from pre-pandemic times, 2019, 
that's a pretty incredible number. There's been five this year alone, if you include Mike Babcock. A lot of guys are only in their role a year, a year and a half. It is something. And then you look at a guy like John Cooper. He's been here for over a decade in the NHL. Like, it's pretty remarkable to see that run. I saw someone pointing out yesterday that even just in Canada with the seven Canadian teams, Sheldon Keefe is the longest serving head coach in Canada by like quite a margin. And even he's only in what his fourth year behind the bench. It's crazy to see the amount of turnover of the last number of years. November 2019 for Sheldon Keefe. That's just four years last month. So that's that goes to show you it's it's not here for long league is what it is. Yeah, Uh, let's move along to our Botano daily bets for the day. The game starts now at Botano.ca 19 plus. Please play responsibly. Frank, I got the split yesterday. The nice over between Detroit and Ottawa, but I did miss on the Panthers. Money line, sorry, Detroit and Anaheim, that is. Uh, But today, there's a couple of plays I like. First off, the LA Kings. They were on a bit of a slide there for a bit, but they snapped out of their four-game losing streak with a win over Seattle, and I think this is a tremendous get-right spot for them. The Sharks have been playing better hockey. That's all leading to this line shrinking back down a little bit. Usually when you get a legit cup contender against a bottom feeder team like San Jose, The line's two and a half, not one and a half. So the fact I'm even getting this at close to even money is a no-brainer for me as the Kings roll into San Jose. And my second play tonight, I'm going with the Vegas Golden Knights on the money line against the Carolina Hurricanes. The Golden Knights have been playing some great hockey as of late, 7-1-2 and in their last 10. The Carolina Hurricanes on the other side of things, we know they're struggling between the pipes. They've lost back-to-back games in overtime and have just three wins in their last 10. So the fact I'm getting the Golden Knights as dogs in this matchup, No-brainer once again. Give me the Golden Knights on the money line and the Kings on the puck line. Frank, busy night in the NHL. I like both those plays. I'll be riding with you. Uh, If you were riding with me on the daily face-off Wendy's Survivor Pool, you would be eliminated because the Red Wings only scored three goals. I had them going over three and a half. So I'm done, Frank. Are you still alive? Nope, I was eliminated. I had uh, uh, Sam Reinhart to get an assist. Uh, That did not happen. Uh, and now only two of the eight possibilities hit, by the way. And so now we are down to just 54 players. More than 90% of the league was eliminated. The survivor pool was eliminated on night one. I'm telling you, it is legitimately hard. Like you think that they would make this a little bit easier to win some free chicken strips and French toast sticks. And they're not, they're making it difficult at Wendy's. Yeah, even if you're a loser like us, you can be a winner by ordering those new chicken strips and French toast sticks from Wendy's or on the Wendy's app. What do you got for garbage time, Frank? Man, it was just a little cringy seeing the L.A. Lakers, one of the most storied franchises in pro sports, raising a banner on Monday night for their in-season tournament championship. Say what? That right there. And I've been advocating strongly for the NHL to have an in-season tournament right there. That's why you don't have one. No, you don't get to hang a cheesy banner in your rafters. And as much as some other teams that have been in the NHL a long time and don't really have much to show for some of their success, not going to name them, but there's been a Nashville Predators meme that had been going around forever about their lack of banners, the cheesy, I guess I'll name them, the cheesy number 32 being retired in Seattle. That That is the cringe of all cringe, is the in-season tournament championship. Let me make a case for it, though. One, I think if the NBA wants this to be successful, you need to have buy-in from everybody. 
And two, if it's going to be a thing every year, I, I don't know. I don't think it's that bad to have it celebrated. I, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it, but I wasn't cringing too bad. Yeah, I just, I guess, like, are you like, how do you feel about a banner for division championships? I don't love them either, just because they don't really mean anything anymore. You know, like the divisions they have never changed did. so many times. Yeah, like it's just you. It's not like you did something all that impressive. Not like you got to buy in the playoffs. Like you're just it means one you of got the a good seeds. seed. That's all it means. And you might have yeah. gotten home ice advantage, but you likely lost. Like to me. The only things that you should be hanging a banner for are a conference championship, meaning you advance to the final or winning the whole thing, the Stanley Cup. And that's it. Yeah, I, I, maybe President's Trophy is one I can get behind just because you were the best regular season team. I, I don't hate that, but let me just Even ask. President's Trophy, it would have to be like that, the 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 Lakers banner, which is like you have one for President's Trophy and it lists like the years that you wanted. You don't hang mm -hmm. one up every time you've won one. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, just quickly, since we have 30 seconds before the end of the show here, the NBA in-season tournament kind of worked. Like, I'm very much a casual oh. NBA fan. And by the end of it, I was, like, actually kind of dialed into what was going on. Do you get the sense the league, in terms of the NHL, looked at that and went, ooh, interesting? Well, I'll give you a couple things. Some insight. One, the league definitely paid attention to it. They saw that the viewership numbers were way up for the NBA and obviously a chance to create some revenue. The league doesn't, the NHL doesn't like being second. So if this was their idea, then it would be the best idea. Uh, two, I would say I asked the commissioner specifically about the in-season tournament when I was in Sweden at the global series. And I said, look, it's, it's spiced up a long 82 game season for the NBA. And he said, we don't need spicing. So that was that. And then the third thing was the NHL believes that their four-team international tournament in 2025 will be their version of an in-season tournament, I guess, followed by the World Cup and Olympics in a few years if they can finally nail down an international hockey calendar, which, by the way, the IOC, the double IHF, the NHL, and the NHLPA meeting this week to talk more about Olympics. And before we go, I know it's garbage time and I know we've run long, but I wanted to give a shout out to Cassie Campbell Pascal as she leaves uh, Sportsnet after a 20 year broadcasting career. Congratulations to Cassie, uh, one of the great people of the game, as she goes to be a senior advisor for the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League. Uh, certainly going to be a great spot for her as she helps steer that league into uh, brighter days ahead. Looking forward to seeing the PWHL drop the puck soon. Yeah, I was going to say for the success of that women's league to make an ad like that, it's a bang on perfect move. So congratulations to Cassie Campbell on a long run at Sportsnet. And like you said, should be good things for should mean good things for this future of the women's game. That's going to be a wrap on today's edition of the show. Once again, shout out to Botano. If you want to learn more about their holiday prize pool, head to Botano.ca. Carter Hutton was excellent, as always, with the blue paint. You in the YouTube chat were excellent, as always, as well. We'll chat with you again tomorrow at noon Eastern. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Faceoff Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove 
your puck prowess.